0: Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. There are no spoilers for this episode, but there are mentions from Six of Crows, Shatter Me, and Supernatural. There are also conversations surrounding grief, loss, general trauma, sexual assault, and racism. Jessica Maria is sick, so I'm doing this. Tell me you did a good job. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing book two in the Legendborn Cycle. This is Bloodmarked by Tracy Dion. And Jessica Marie, uh, what prize do I win for calling (laughs) the twist of this book in the last book, in our last episode, um, if we can locate that clip, we will play it here. Yeah, I was thinking it's kind of weird that she's powerful because there's a white man inside of her, like, making, oh. right? Like, I, but, you know, are they were all white men, you know, like, oh, God. What do I win?
1: I mean, outside of an I told you so dance, because those are my favorite. <laughs> um, I mean, what do you want? What do you what I mean, I just, I, and I feel this coincides with that, because I don't know about you, but the entire time I was reading this book, and I'd get frustrated, I was thinking of the Schmidt clip from New Girl, where he goes like, a white man, no, typical, and I felt like that the entire book, like, and I know sure as hell Bree did. And I was just so mad, so mad for her. And I, I can't even be, I can't even say like, oh, this is a fantasy book. This is a, yeah, it's a fantasy book. And the idea of magic but this is still real life. Like this, all the poli- all the politics, all the conniving, all the manipulation, all this bullshit of covering everybody's ass to, like, cover themselves. I, I, I mean,
0: ugh, ugh. <laughs> all over it, all over it. And yes. So the white, the white man. I mean, there's a there's a lot of like really crappy white men here, but I guess the main shitty white man would be Arthur. Uh, and, you know, never let a white man have a- Control any power of your over you. Yeah, yeah. Ever, 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 ever. Um, and of course, Bree sadly learns that the hard way. Um, but damn. Not without hesitation,
1: because the whole time she kept saying, mm not so fast. Like she wanted stipulations before she started making a green. She knew, she knew that she sh- wasn't supposed to trust him. And he even leaned into it. He goes, you're, you're, you know, the, the gaslighting of it, of you have every reason not to trust me. And good for you for asking questions.
0: Fuck you. I'm so sorry. This whole time. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Arthur, 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 Arthur. God damn it. Uh, this is, of course, book two. We don't know if there's going to be a book three. We can all hope, but more on that later. But Jess, who are some of these people in book two? We have a lot, a lot of recurring characters.
1: We have so many recurring characters. Um, I almost feel like we should have a list from the first book. I mean, basically, everybody from the first book is returning from here. Some of our main key players include Bree, Selwyn, Nick. Um, Alice, uh, Bree's best friend is back. We have, uh, Mariah. We have obviously all of the legend born from her order. Um, we have someone new who, Erebus Varelian, he's considered the most powerful Merlin, but plot twist, he's also the Shadow King, which I didn't see coming. I don't think you did either till I think you were saying you reread it, Laura, and you go, it's right fucking there in the first chapter. It's in the first chapter. (laughs) There is, um, so like we said, we have some of the original Legendborn members, but William Sitterson plays a bigger role in this one. Um, We have uh, Valik or Valachek. He kind of like runs this bar that plays kind of a pivotal moment, one of the many pivotal moments of this travel book. And we have Lark Douglas, who's kind of like in disguise and believes in like honoring the crown scion, which is Bree that we know. Um, and then you have Mariah, and I, I just feel like I, I'm—I know I'm missing so many people because so many, basically, the entire
0: returning quote-unquote cast is back. And if we missed anybody in this initial list, I'm sure we'll mention them as we, uh, you know, go through this book, which is a very long book. Uh, I personally thought this was just a very long book. Uh, the first time I read it, I read it through audio at 1.6, the second time through audio at 2.25. And I still thought it was a long book. Uh, That being said, I don't think you can cut anything out of this book. Uh, It is like a full package and you need all of it to really have everything work well together and hit emotional highs and that like gut punch at the end.
1: There's been some conversations we've been seeing about like length preference for books, but this is when you you can't cut anything out. All of the details are necessary. Um, I don't even want to say flowery details because you really become so immersed into this world so easily. And what I what was really nice that Tracy did really well is that you didn't feel like you needed to do an entire reread of the first book to be like, wait, what's going on? Who are these people? What's a mage again? What's a uh, cambion? Um so she's constantly giving us background of what are the importance of like what is a scion, what is a page, what is a once born. Um, and that was really helpful because at some points I was like, wait, what's the difference between a once born and a vassal? And you know, you learned they're essentially the same thing. They have no allegiance except they just wanna help the order. Um, which was really Especially with series books or duologies or anything where there's where it's not a standalone, you kind of sometimes can feel that you need to do an entire reread to play catch up, which wasn't the case here.
0: No, it it really wasn't. And uh Jess, you said that this is a travel book. I absolutely agree. It is a travel book. It's a second book, and second books are usually travel books. I wrote down and we went through this earlier, kind of the main places that Brie goes to in this story, I'm just going to go through them, because we'll go through them in the plot, but just so we all know, she starts off at the lodge, she goes to the right, kidnapped from the right, goes to the institute, from the institute, then she goes with Jonas, and she's betrayed in that whole situation. From there, she's rescued and goes to the bar. From there, she's the railroad. From the railroad, it's Volition. Volition, that's right, Volition. And then from Volition, we're stuck in Arthur's dreams for a while, uh, while Arthur takes Bree's body and they go through the go to where the table is. And then there is like a whole situation. So there is a lot of travel in this second travel book. And I do like that we can kind of be consistent with that and that authors are kind of consistent in that. It does kind of help taper expectations a bit. At least with this genre, I think. absolutely Because
1: you had started because you did, you reread this. You've read this twice. I've only read this once. And I it took me a bit to get into it. And you even said, well, what, what do we know about second books? Second books are travel books. And I think that that helped me, helped me put me, put me into the mindset of expecting it to just kind of be this, this journey and we're going to like go through the woods. But then it gets, then you're constantly, you're just running. You're, you're constantly, it didn't feel, it was a travel book, but you're also, traveling to save your life and running away from danger so it was it felt fast-paced at the same time nothing really lulled
0: no it didn't nothing really lulled um but you know just like we said earlier it did feel like a long book but let's look into it though um we have a cold open that is like 24 hours after brie pulls excalibur and she's at the lodge and she's having just like sweaty dreams and like visions of her ancestors, right? Um, Selah at the diner with the in the ancestral plane. And it's here that we get all of these expectations that are really like drilled into Brie throughout the whole book. Um, you are the tip of our spear, the point of our arrow, the wound-turned weapon, and we ran so you would not have to, like, wow. Talk about pressure. Uh, Talk about just, like, uh, I don't know. That is a little bit too much pressure, I feel like, personally, that I can handle. Um, Brie is so much stronger than I ever possibly could be. Uh, But she has all of these, like, sweaty visions. um, And then we start off in the early fall where she's sneaking out to go practice her powers with William. We realize here, I'm, I'm bringing this up, that she... We go through this whole kind of training sequence, right, with William, and she cannot handle her Mage Flame. She can't handle anything, right? She's burning herself. She can't call it properly. She can't forge the weapon, all of that stuff. That is Arthur blocking her and and manipulating the power so that she would have to call on him. Like, he's doing that to her. So that's why she couldn't
1: call. That's why she even, do like, do couldn't it. Even like couldn't cut the armor. She couldn't yeah. do. Oh, she couldn't do. The I didn't wa- pick up on that. All of it. Hadn't, I knew he was just because then when she finally starts making a bargain with him and she tried to work with him later on use, using her blood magic, he goes, I am not a pet to be beckoned and dismissed her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the gaslighting from the the gas beginning. He's got nothing else to do, right? He's trapped He's in that dream world. For 1,500 world. years. So he, yeah. So he is fucking up her power and, and, like, sowing the seeds of, like, discontent so that she has to call on him to learn how to do the power. And he can trap her in with all of the memories. And, that, you know, that's why her eyes change color and her hair starts hair. to go. So he has, he, this has been his plan all along, and it starts right here in chapter one. And it, and I, the reread helps really solidify that, um, for me. Also, also, um, Erebus, the Senesch, the Seneschelle of fucking shadows. <laughs> Good God. It's right there. <laughs> it's, they're like, he's very powerful. Oh my goodness. But like, even God. so, even
1: so, he's still set up to have this bad guy villain origin story the whole book. Oh yeah. And he doesn't, and he doesn't do himself any favors to try to stray away from that either. And it's not until the last two pages that you, you realize, oh he's oh. been protecting her this whole time which makes sense again when you go back to the you do the reread i have not but um but you think of that point where he's like oh i want to work with Bree one-on-one like you go off and she, and 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 i'd be thinking the same thing brie did he has not so pure motives He's going to do something because nobody else is looking and watching after us. I would be thinking the same exact
0: thing. Yep. Yep. And, you know, that's on us, right? Because <laughs> he would have, what, probably helped? In, like, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Let's not speculate. But, like, damn. Just damn, Lord of Shadows, with your with your spear that you throw that is so strong it vibrates the earth <laughs> and is made of shadow. That's so fun. Who Fuck needs I was gonna say <laughs> I'm just dumb. I'm just dumb. Like the second time I was just like, ugh, there it is. Uh but, th- <laughs> but that's on Tracy because because uh the first reread knocked my socks off and didn't expect it. Second reread, there are the clues, just knocking me upside the head. Love that. Um uh, we have some more characters here. We meet Kestra, you know, the regent, because there is an attack, right? Um we were trying to keep Bree safe. And she feels like she is being benched, right? She uses the game analogy a lot of like they're benching her, they don't trust her, she has to like go out there and fight. She wants to fight, but she can't do her power because we you know we know that Arthur is like blocking her. So she's trying her best. It's the cycle
1: because because she's also she's having these emotions, but it's not that she's not self-aware either, because she uses that game analogy. But then she goes, and I get it. I also get it because I can't do these things. So it's this like, I want to be a part of it, but I can't be a part of it because I'm blocked, but I still want to be included, but nobody's here to help me. And how do I get to where I want to do when I'm just kind of constantly spiraling internally, even though I, she's like acknowledging everything.
0: She's like, I get it. But that doesn't stop her from feeling the way she feels. Exactly. And every time that she is out there, though, like, trying to fight, she does, like, almost die or get hurt or, like, something happens. So, like, her track record is not great. And that, right. that trend continues, like, throughout the whole this book. This book. Yeah. Uh, but in this first battle, there's foxes. And, like, that's where we meet Erebus. We meet we find out that, like, Erebus kind of, like, hand-selected Cell and the king's mage. And, like, there's this whole background. And, like, um, uh, Cell is hot. Sell is hot. This we've entire book, we've Peaceman. been saying, sell <laughs> gets hotter as the book goes on. Uh, I, but let's w- not confuse mm. that. This isn't like a romance book. No, like this is. No. Like, you know, I, I want that to be clear. Tell that to sell. Tell that to sell <laughs> because he. The charisma that is coming <sighs> off of him. You are devoured. Okay, stop, sir. Stop. I will fold for you right I now. Know
1: how to make a cl- I know how to make a proclamation. I am a classics major after all.
0: Uh, I just declared myself to you, Brie. Oh, my God. My <laughs> loyalty. Stop, <laughs> sir. Sir. And then they have a passionate makeout kiss and he pulls her up against her. Oh, my God. Say it again, Brie. I wanted to kiss you, Sal. Oh, my God. Cell is uh, away from Nick, right? Because Nick is not here, and he has to like really fight um, this urge to like succumb to his demon side, right? Be- but fulfilling these oaths of like keeping everybody safe is like trying to like stave it off a little bit, but like, meh, it's not really working. Whole whole situation. Um, there's a mention of Asheville here. Did you pick it up briefly? In the beginning. In- yeah, Asheville, North Carolina. Uh Mariah and Patricia are in a cabin. Um Significant because I got married in Asheville, and I just like that little name drop. I was like, haha, there it is. Anytime
1: anything we read has Nash- or Asheville in it, we get so excited. Because they mentioned it before, too, in the first mm-hmm. book, too. And we're like, Asheville! Like, but this time, instead of Waffle House, they had some Bojangles. I was very happy for that. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> yes.
0: And they have Bojangles where they have a really beautiful, like, um, hair braiding moment between Alice, who we love. Love Alice, who's a vassal now. Alice is just a fantastic character, fantastic friend, fantastic person. We love Alice. Oh my gosh. Um, but that's a really beautiful scene. Yeah, and we've been saying we
1: loved Alice since book one. And to see so much more of her and completely integrated with the Order, or at least the group that we're mostly with, um During book two is so nice and so refreshing. And I think we were talking about this before we started recording. She's like, I don't know. She didn't know anything about this. But she took it upon herself. She's like, but I'm going to find out. And so that's how you know, like, um when she offered water to the to to jonas i was like oh she's she's doing her little library studies she knows she is educating herself so she's so aware of what's going on and brie's like i'm just here because i was kind of forced here i had no other choice as a lot of the scions it's you know through blood um she's like i want to be here i want to defend and help and how how can i be of service
0: to help protect the world essentially Uh, We love Alice. We love her so much. Uh, But because of this attack with the foxes and the regents are coming because there is a funeral. Because children died in the first book and we need to bury them now. uh, Because this is very real. Does like really happen. So there's a funeral and we meet all of the regents. And we get an inkling that the regents are bad and that they're going to lie. Right? Like this is where we get it in the funeral. Um, The parents are standing up. And, like, Brie is standing up and she's like, fuck all of you. This is wrong. You can't do this. And, like, there's a whole situation. And how did we feel about Teresa being like, Brie, next time uh, your hair, maybe uh, cleaner next time? And Brie's like, are you saying it's dirty? I love
1: Brie, that she is not not She's not taking anything, Mm-mm. doing anything quietly. And she goes, just because my hair takes up space doesn't mean it's not clean. And call it what it is. Like, people are racist and that racism exists and it's portrayed in this book. And if you're not getting fired up about the way Brie is treated and the way Alice is being treated, kind of take a look at yourself in the mirror and, understand, and try to understand why aren't you being upset.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely just like infuriating. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um But in the funeral is where we kind of get our first, uh, like, bleed through for Arthur. Because Bree starts talking in Welsh. She starts flashing back to other funerals. She kind of understands that, like, this isn't her. It's Arthur's memory. Um Lark is there. We have met Lark. Uh the narrator did a f- pretty good job with the accent. Uh no complaints for me. I'm ready to book a trip to Scotland. So Sorry, oh, <laughs> sign me up. Sign me up. Sign me up. Um the Regents, we have Kestra, the Regent of Shadows, Gabriel is the Regent of Light, and he's the one that takes everybody into modern life. And he is the one in charge of Mesmers and then Aldric is the history like of of the order and he's also the commander. Uh how did we feel about just, like, these parents demanding, like, answers from the regents and the regents just being, like, lie, lie, lie? Well, here's the thing. We knew it was a lie.
1: hmm From a parent—I'm a pr- not a parent, but I can imagine. From a parent-parental perspective, I want answers. You told me part of this whole thing, why, you know, this is a, such a huge honor to be a part of— I don't have my kid anymore. Who's being held accountable? Where were you? You were supposed to protect them. How did we get here? That's kind of how I felt with this order for so, because there hadn't been can, I want to keep, I want to say Cal and Mai, uh, Can lamb for over 200 years, which is why Nick's dad, spot, like, kind of started the fire to have, to, to, to set this whole plan into motion. And the pants are like, this was just supposed to be a fun thing. This was supposed to be a secret society. Now our kids are dead. Where were you? Where's some accountability? So now the regents are like spitting answers, lies, but they don't know that. They just know, oh, well, see, here's the thing. We're, and then they're saying, we 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 have an order. The, the, Cy, Arthur Sion's supposed to be Nick Davis. We're not buying the bullshit. Where is he? They don't want to, and it becomes like the whole politics and the strategy of it, like the the the, the perception of it all. We don't want to put Nick's father on display. He's such a loyal member. So who are we going to, we're going to place the blame on somebody else who has demon blood and he's already known to like, you know, his half demon blood is already known to no, go awry. So he's just an easy scapegoat. Such as politics. So of course, that shuts the parents up so they can keep so they, the regents, can keep like spewing their bullshit and doing all their experiments of what they want
0: to discover and do with Brie. Well, and so they blame Cell for all of this. Well, yeah, like, they blame Cell. Yeah, Sorry, blame, I didn't even yeah. say that. I was just- <laughs> They blame Cell for all of this and like, we're gonna hunt down Cell and we're gonna do this, da da. da, da, da. Um meanwhile, you know, Brie's like, you know, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And Brie's also like standing up. Um, but then William talks to Brie and is like, yo, yo, you didn't really help yourself here. So let's think, let's think about what's going on. Calm yourself down. You've got to go into the right. And oh my God, the right. I, the audacity of some of these people, I just, I just cannot, I just cannot. Um, first of all, I like the cars. I like this whole car convoy, convoy that they have to be in. Um, very fun. And then Cell is arrested and cuffed and whatever. Erebus, Erebus, while we're, like, on the way to the right and everything, Erebus does say that he is, like, fascinated and in awe of uh, Bree's root ability. And Erebus also, like, we know, knows Sel's mom, but I like this little um, name drop. that He goes, like, yeah, we called her Nyx. You know, we called her, we called her Nyx just like, oh, that's really nice. But then he drops the line, the line, the line that blew my mind. He's like, well, all of us are waiting to become your villain. I was like, whoa, that's a good line. It's a good line, sir. Which should have been foreshadowing knowing that Cell was going to
1: turn demon. Like now that you're saying it, I'm like, we knew it. We knew it. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's,
0: it's, it's, <laughs> it's another thing. It's another thing. We meet Tacitus. Tacitus, who's the expert of mesmers right uh but then of course we start the right all the regions are there brie is alone right brie has to be by herself she's isolated from everyone that can help her and um the regents and everything are like behind a barrier or whatever so brie grabs Excalibur to start the right um she has her visions of kings and stuff and she's giving the oath right and this is our first indication at least to me that she was going to reject the oath at the end because she really forced herself to take it here um as she's taking it she's she saying like she was struggling yeah, to take like, it like, right like she really had to hold on it was like burning her um she like didn't want to say the words and she, she it was just like really um going against the, like the the core like fiber of her being that she, doing this oath and she just really didn't want to uh, and I did find that interesting, but then she gets taken to the round table. Um, and that's really cool. I, th- I, I think her visions of the round table are pretty cool because she can like pull Nick into them and she can like see the memories and stuff. Um, but the, she, she does kind of end up rejecting everything here and everything goes red. Um, but that's when she talks to Arthur. Uh, I love how Arthur is like, one, like, who are you? You don't, like, look like me. (laughs) Um, But also, like, Brie, of course, you are my... Like, he makes it about himself. He literally makes Brie about himself. He's like, you are my honor. Like, of course, you are my Brie, using it as a noun. But here, um, honor or dignity is what I remember writing. Um, and Bree can talk to him, obviously, because she is in medium. Uh, and Arthur has not been able to do this before. And um, there's a vision of a dragon here, which is repeated. This is our first time we have a vision of a dragon, but that dragon symbolism is repeated throughout the book, which of course, I really loved. Um, but she, so Brie is having this like her her king's moment, and she um, talks to Nick. She's talking to Arthur. She talks to Vera on the ancestral plane, but as she's doing all of that, she's fucking drugged and kidnapped, and then tor- like I like I guess I guess you can say tortured because it it is. She was, she is- You know, you've finished.
1: You've finished all of Shatter Me, right? Yes. This moment at the institution did it Absolutely. not bring you back? Okay. Absolutely. I was like, yes. especially with the, the the drugging and the repeated stories, and because she's drugged, her root magic that we know from the first book that helps her reject mesmer is not working in this p- right right yet. Essentially, so they yeah. keep drugging her, and you later find out that they were drugging her for six days and waking up every day, recounting everything, trying to get new information out of her to see if like. She was lying. Something was like, yeah, Yeah. she was lying if something would be remiss. But there were certain times where she goes, like, she was like, she remembered she had to slow her heart rate down because she's like, oh, I can give part of the truth because she needed to protect her. Like, even incapacitated, she was like, oh, I can't tell them everything about my mom because then they're going to go after it. Like, that I found interesting.
0: And... She says a line here that is just so good. And I love it so much um, because she's talking to all of them. She's answering their questions. And one of the times where she's just like a little bit more um, awakened like into it. Yeah. yeah, she's she's basically telling them all to fuck off, uh, which I'm going to bring that up at the end. But she basically says, what do you mean? What do you mean? I, I I'm not supposed to be here. I am the tradition. I pulled the sword. I am the tradition. All of this is because of me. But her serum is in the food, um, and she she does like kind of stop eating for a little bit. But then there's like a steak, and like I really I really appreciated that she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> eat this steak." Um, and then that just happens to have the Thank earpiece. Thank God. So that, that's the meal right? that she that's said. You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, it's just, like, too tempting not to eat a steak. Um, but for you is saved by the legions. Uh, that sprint in the dark hallway. I don't know if I could have done that. I really don't. Because she's talking about, like, she knows that her... Because the lights aren't activating, right? So she's sprinting full speed ahead down the hallway, and it's completely dark. And they're saying, like, your body is slowing down because you you think you're going to hit a wall, but there's nothing in front of you. Just go, just run into the darkness, and I don't think I could do that.
1: The self-preservation kicked yeah. in for her. And they were like, no,
0: we're here. Just keep going. Just keep going. Like, I don't know if I could do that. Uh, absolutely wild. But here we have Alice. And Alice, 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 Alice cannot be mesmered. She cannot be mesmered after everything that happened to her before. Um, with Brie, and that is so wonderful because Brie was told in her captivity that Alice had been completely uh mesmered uh to forget her, and that had broken Brie. Brie was so upset. she was broken, I was broken.
1: I was so yeah. I was like, she just got her best friend, and this is only the beginning. This is gonna be so sad, and then it's gonna be like her, like Alice and her dad against Brie all over again. I'm an idiot because here we have Alice and then we have Lissa and we have Samira and it was just women saving women and yep. I loved
0: it. Yep. Uh, and they were so, uh, so capable, professional, wonderful, perfect, just lovely. Oh my God. Um, and then there was a line here that I wrote down that that just cannot be here for nothing. And that line is... Uh, Brie is thinking, like, gosh, Alice would make a terrific regent. Yeah. They're just like, well, like a
1: good regent.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know what? Maybe that's going to be the whole thing. Like, as, because we
1: don't, so I don't know. We, we don't know as of the time of this recording. We're waiting on confirmation for that third book. Um, but, maybe that maybe it's we don't even know if it's a trilogy we don't know if it's a series happy either way as long as we get more
0: um but i digress let's keep let's keep plotting discussing keep going well they keep going and from this this saving uh from the uh institution from where brie was being uh kept they go to the safe house and they get betrayed by jonas and like i was not expecting this like, there was a lot of things in this book that I was not expecting, um, surprisingly, but I was not expecting this portrayal by Jonas uh, to be so, like, vi- like I I guess, okay, here, I guess I'm old. Oh, well, I mean, I know I'm old. But, like, Brie is 16. Yeah. Right? Brie is 16. And, like, I know this is YA. I know the mindset. I know, like, this is what it is. I understand this. But, like... Brie has nothing to do with Jonas's, like, problem. She is the, like, representation of the institution, right? And, like, that's that's the whole thing. So, like, if you take out Brie, you take out the whole institution. But it's like, you are so comfortable killing a child. Like, you are so, so comfortable killing a child for, like, ah, I don't, like, I don't know. It's ups- It's upsetting. It's upsetting because... On one hand, it's like if you take her down, you break the entire institution, and that is in a, like what so many people want to do, and essentially what kind of Brie wants to do at the end as well, um, and Nick really. Uh, but on the other hand, it's like child, <sighs> it's it's hard. So with Jonas, because Brie had like nothing to do with his pain, she's just the representation of it. He's so willing to murder her. It's like damn Jonas. Damn, I just, which is mm. which is where his oath exactly. attacks him because he
1: made he you know he swore an oath to protect the you know crown scion and everything which is Brie, and because it was with. Malicious intent. It's one thing if you like you harm them and it was completely accidental. You know things happen, but that's where Cell even says this was the difference between Nick's dad and Jonas. Nick's dad convinced himself that it was for like a greater good situation. A greater good. So, yeah. So like, he, and even Nick comes around. You know, through the the dream walks, kind of with to say, like, no, you don't understand. My dad has lost it. He's completely not, you can't even talk to him. He truly believes, like, you're the worst thing ever and you ruined everything. And all of everything that he was working for is now, you know, you are the reason why it can't happen. Like, he's truly believed that you're, like, this ill thing. And now, Sel said, like, that's why Nick's dad's own oath kind of protected him because he's convinced himself that he's not doing anything wrong.
0: Yeah, he's a true believer. He's a, he's he's one of those. He's one of those. He's a true believer. Uh, did you notice that Alice is the first one to say here in this before Kisia attacks? Uh, Alice is the first one to say, "Hey, you know, like, Saul doesn't look very good. Saul doesn't look too hot here." What's going on with Cell? And this is when Bree is like, "Oh, Sel's fine. Sel's fine." He has already glamoured her. He glamoured her on the plane. Did you pick up on that the first time, or no. or like, okay, no,
1: no. I just, I just sometimes I just read and I don't pick up on
0: anything. No, I until I didn't, the second read. No, I didn't pick up on it until William. Uh, until he started like arguing with William about stuff, and I was just like, what is it? what is this? Something is wrong with cell and then it would then you know um but yeah, this is the first time Alice is just like a- and it's also the the time when Bree gets the idea that she should ask her ancestors for help and how they if they ever used their root offensively, she has that idea, but then Kesia attacks, and this is where we get like plot. Just like major plot, right? So um Kiesia is working with Jonas and you know the oath is taking Jonas, all of that, that whole situation. But Kesia is afraid of Bree's root, and Kiesia is the one who drops all the info about um the, the hunter. broker. Yeah, yeah, the hunter, the broker, and the great devourer. That's and where the hunter we and the
1: great devourer are, are the, same the same person. Thing.
0: Erebus. It's all Erebus. <laughs> it's all Erebus. Damn it. It's all Erebus. Um, but it's after Jonas and Kessia, and they they kill Kessia. And it's after that whole battle that um, Brie gets the piece of paper. They decide to go to the crossroads. But this sexy bandage time with Cell was very reminiscent of sexy bandage time in Sex of Crows, uh, that with Inej and, uh, I can't think of his name now, but the, it was very reminiscent of this. Cas, yeah, yeah. Um, but this, this is the second instance, and I, I don't know what I. Okay, I was very much in Bree's headspace here when Bree is just like holding the tape or whatever. She's like embarrassed that Cell can't do it to like tape his wound. She takes the tape from Cell. And then she's like staring at Cell, being like, you're so fucking hot. And then she's like, I'm staring at Cell. What do I say? I say, um, uh, your teeth look different today. And then, and then Cell, the way that the narrator props to her, she like drops her voice a couple octaves and she's like, do they? And I'm just like, oh. He makes me giggly. Oh, self so. does. I'd have been like, I don't know. Let me see. <laughs> like, come closer. Give me a better. Like, I don't know what I do. I would oh, be vicious. Oh, why my, What big teeth you have? Yeah, yeah. Like, I would, I would be something else with this. Um, but she's better than I am. But my God, <laughs> but that's the glamour at work. Like, he can't keep his teeth consistent. So you know that. That's that's. That whole thing, but I, I, was breathing heavy. I was breathing as heavy as Brie <laughs> was breathing. Just like, God damn, that man is hot. But he's only like 19. It's like, what is he? Like 19? So is it? Yeah. He's 19. Yeah. yeah, yeah but like Brie's she's, 16. Si- she's 16. Like, ah, uh, it's this whole thing, but whatever. It's fine. Here, It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Nope, it's, she's it's, 17 it's, at the end of the book. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's fine. It's fine. It's not like 500 years. It's all fine. Um, so. Oh, God, Cell also says that that line of like, silly thing, silly thing, I won't leave you. You really thought I would leave you? It's like, Sel, uh, So
1: Well, that's why he's getting so worked. I mean, it's kind of, you know, not kind of, it is confirmed later that some of the times that he would get so frustrated with her and start fights, he said, he goes, you really think that I would... I would leave you. You really don't believe like he was more mad. He goes because it felt like it was an attack on his character of what kind of person that Bree thought he was. And he was like, really, that's how little you think of me. And
0: it wasn't just towards him. Like William has said that, too, at this point. We're up to the racist bathroom. Do we have thoughts on the terrible?
1: I mean, terrible thoughts. But I mean, you know, and even what is it? So at one point, William is like, well, you know, we pick and choose our battles. Like, we were born into this. And Alice is the one who says, well, Bree and I were born into this. Like, you, we knew what was happening. Like, why are we even arguing? The only reason that they didn't push back, aside from, like, a timing reason, is Stella's like, they have a gun. They have a gun. It is
0: about safety. And they'll shoot just because you're not white. It was horrific. If you are not Like, clenching your fists and ready to scream, scream during this bathroom scene, then you're the problem. Because, oh my god. Yeah. Two racist men in a bathroom in Nowhere, Georgia, will not, or in a gas station in Nowhere, Georgia, will not let Brie and Alice use their bathroom. But they let William, without a problem. And then William's like, the bathroom
1: worked just fine. And he's like, not anymore.
0: Yeah. And it almost got very violent and Cell had to come in and like really talk down William. And then they all left and it was all fucking awful and weird. And it's all a horrible situation. Uh, I don't think we can add anything to it. Uh, Like, it's terrible. Get angry. And I think Tracy, what she does so wonderfully in these last two books
1: that we've read is that she, if if you're not angry, I hope you are. If you weren't angry before, I hope you're angry now. I hope you're questioning yourself because even William was like, he didn't pick up on it initially. He was just like, wait, I don't, I don't get it. You know, and I think that just speaks to acknowledging some of the privileges others have
0: that others don't. When you started Hearing them talk about the crossroads, crossroads demon, exactly. Okay, <laughs> if you're in mind immediately went to Supernatural. Immediately went to Crowley. That's where I went to. Uh, mm-hmm. Immediately went to a crossroads demon. I, me- I knew what this was. I knew what this was. Like as soon as as soon as they were like, "Aha, this is a bar." I was like, "Oh my god." Okay, okay, I know. This is familiar territory. <laughs> All right. We're looking for the broker. We know what this is. Uh and it, it is exactly what you think it is. And it is fun to be in familiar territory like this, right? Well, like, and I like
1: and you know, and because of our experience of supernatural, we knew like, you know, everybody knows the lore of across well, you assume. There is an assumption that people do know. The lore of a Crossroads Demon. If you're not quite familiar with it, you have the reaction that Alice has. She goes, Oh my God, you're the devil. And you're like, Devil has more important shit to deal with. I'm just a
0: Crossroads Demon. (laughs) It's like, I'm a broker. You know, it's just, you know, that's what I. um, So, what we have? We have the Crossroads Lounge. Uh, There is like a dragon skull up front. It's very cool. It's very cool. It's very cool. There's shipping containers. It's very dark. There's a stage, you know, very awesome. Uh, We get some plot in here. Um, We get. A mage flame shot. And this is another instance of the waitress seeing Sal not doing well and giving him, like, uh, you know, like a shot of ether. That's yeah, what it like was. a shot of ether to help him out. And this is where we get William explaining that demons need two things. They need human, like, emotions, human energy, and also ether to live. Which I thought was interesting.
1: And I think it's specifically, like, negative emotions, because they're yeah. about grief and guilt yeah. and, like, rage, that kind of thing.
0: So, all all very interesting. And it says, like, oaths can help, like, curb, you know, your demonia. But then we have this again. Depout. Again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Very <laughs> sexy. But I mean, where do we start? Alex, you know, everybody's like, you know what? We got changed. You've been traveling. We found these clothes. And then you know alice is wearing something fire and so is brie but like brie is a little bit more cleavage showing and brie's like you know yelling at her best friend why didn't you tell me her my my boobs are all out and and alice is joking she's like what was i supposed to tell you? your tits are out king sign or crown scion which i thought was so i just love their friendship yeah and then then alice is like Hey, Sal, doesn't like, what do you think of her outfit? She's playing the perfect wing woman. And Sal's like, you look, you look nice. You look nice. <laughs> nice. And, and Bree's having her internal dialogue. Nice. Your teacher tells you what you look nice, but because her and Alice have been best friends forever and her, Alice steps in. Nice. Nice.
0: This is why I date girls. Taste. And then sell pouts. He's like, I have taste. I have taste. I have taste. But then he says, then he says at the bathroom, he's like, you know, I do know other words besides nice. And it's just like, okay, Cell, what do you have? What do tell you have? Me, you, tell me all your words, please. You look devouring. Fold. Fold, <laughs>
1: immediately folding. Oh, my How God. How she not folded by this point? I don't know. Well, she's 16 is what I can think. Uh, I but, don't know. At 16, like me now, I would be impressionable.
0: 16, me, even more impressionable. All right, it took way less to have me fold at 16 for this. <laughs> uh, just saying. Um, but we meet through all... You have a very sexy, very sexy conversation we have with Sel. Sel is really dipping down into his demonia here. This is really... Kind of, he's a little bit loose, fast and loose, right, with his words when he's in his demonia a little bit. But he is like staring at Bree's lips. He's he's not so much on the tits, which is nice. I thought he's more on like her her her, her face. face, yeah, which was really nice. Um, but through through all of this bar situation, uh, we we meet Valak, and Valak is the broker. Valak is two hundred and five years old. Valak is a messy bitch who loves drama. And like right away, <laughs> removes the glamour from Sal. And this is where we get all like Bree's betrayal, right? Like, when did you glamour me? How long has it been like this? Why have she's you been lying? Not, yeah, because she's not upset that
1: he had started to turn she's upset with the lying and she's upset with the fact that you. she felt like you didn't trust me enough you said everything was fine and that's like you know the age-old adage where like are you okay and if, if you're gonna say you're fine you're fine i'm not gonna keep prying because clearly especially in the world that they live they got
0: bigger shit to focus on you want to talk to me no cool moving on yes yes and uh, that, whole, that whole thing. So Valak reveals himself to be very strong. He's a balanced Cambian, which is very rare. He doesn't do murder contracts, which I thought was very interesting. So that right away gives us, like, somebody else, you know, with, was the one that contracted uh, the Gorakel demon to kill. I'm glad I said that. To kill Vri. Uh, but through all of this with Valak, outing a cell and uh, really talking to Bree, trying to figure out what Bree is. He's kind of hostile with Bree for a while in his office. Um, and then he's like, you know, you have broken the rules of the establishment. You have to pay, yada, yada, yada. We end up with Bree on the roof. Everybody's on the roof. And here's where our Queen Alice, Queen Alice is just like, yo, I got a bargain to make. You want it? And he's like, yeah, I want it. And she's like, Someone's hearing from you. (laughs) But it could have gone awry so quickly
1: because he never agreed to it. He goes, you tell me what it is. Tell me, yeah. And I'll decide. That's where I was like, I was on my I was on the edge of my seat with this because our from our experience. Be specific. Be specific. And it's not even guaranteed in this bargain. It's like, I'll decide if that's worth something or not. And eight times out of ten, this it would have been like Thanks for the information. I'm going to use it, but it's still not good enough for me to make a bargain with you. And on to the next. That didn't happen here. Thank God. Thank God. Um,
0: but you can see, were, were you thinking the same thing? Yeah, absolutely was. I was like, this is not going to go well. Why are you not being specific? Come on. You have to be <laughs> like, like on it. But it did. He was so, um, Valik was so upset about the stealing, that he was just like, yes, yes to all the things, whatever, blah, 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 blah. which I did appreciate, because uh, then right away we get, um, so we accuse Miranda, and she comes in later, uh, but then we get Lucille, and through Lucille, we get Mariah, and we learn that Mariah is Lucille's niece, and there's this whole connection, there's an entire underground root connection, uh, where people are with Root, are moved through kind of like safe houses and stops on an underground railroad. Uh, And it is very, very, very interesting to see all of these things kind of connect. Um, Because in this same kind of scene, we learn that Valak is the baby that Pearl had and cast out in the vision that Brie had in the first book.
1: I loved the interconnectivity of this moment. And everybody was like, What are you doing here? What do you, you know, this person? How do you know? I, and it was bridging so much of that community, like of that community aspect that, um, that they have been orchestrating for so long because of that network. I mean, we hear about it earlier in this book too, be like, don't tell a lot of people, but, you know, you have the information there. And I feel like it was this moment. They were like, oh, that's right. We had the piece of paper with all the information.
0: It's like, oh, there it is. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but and through. OK, so through this Underground Railroad Network, which they, they, Bree and. Oh, what's his name? William. Oh, my God. I said it was like Citizen Kane. I was like, that's not it. I was going say Citizen. Yeah. Not Citizen Kane. Yeah. William Cell <laughs> and Alice. Citizen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so all four of them are now on the underground like root network and they end up at Miss Hazel's. Uh, and there's just a, there's a lot going on when they're at Miss Hazel's and kind of uh, moving through I'm just gonna call it the network. Um, we have cell giving kind of a confession to Bree and he says like, my judgment is impaired around you. Um, you know, Everything that I did, uh, it was only a visual illusion. I abused our connection the way that I abused my connection with Nick. Um, uh, you know, i it scares me that I could have killed you. You have always been. And this is like something that is repeated throughout the book. Like Brie has always been the scion of Arthur. So like when Cell was trying to kill her, In the first book is when he started to deteriorate because he was going against that oath. So he's had a hard time this entire time. And I liked that perspective because he also admits that like he and Nick were in that like very toxic relationship and how he knew that like his murderous intent would bleed into Nick and Nick would have to live with the knowledge of what murderous intent towards his like Girlfriend would feel like that's some fucked up shit, but this is why,
1: through the walking that she Bree has had with Nick. Nick even said, if it comes down to him having to sacrifice himself to save you, Selwyn will. And that's why Selwyn was also so quick. I don't want to say be a martyr, but he also truly believed all the things that the regents were holding, like the seven the five or seven counts of everything of the of the things that they had held against him. He truly believed it because it was, yeah, I kind of even though I didn't know that you were crown scion of Arthur. You've always been been it, but before you knew that just because you didn't know, that didn't take away your lineage. So by putting it in that perspective, he truly held himself accountable to all those counts. It wasn't, he doesn't believe that he was like being a martyr. He's like, no, if you individually, they all make sense. And I truly believe I'm a crappy person for that.
0: Yeah, it really does really 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 does which is you know you know <laughs> um but after all of this um Bree has a vision you know with Arthur all of this um and the, pulls Nick in and Nick says like I'm at the cabin I'm at the cabin <laughs> and um Cell also comes in and is like, Nick is in mortal danger. So Nick so Cell and Brie go to the cabin where Nick is. Um, this is where we get Brie's first instance of she calls it liege hair. We know it's Arthur hair, but this is where it's our first mention. And that cabin, I was not expecting that cabin to explode. I was not expecting all that bullshit to happen. I was not expecting Lord Davis to die. To, for Nick to kill somebody right in front of all of us, there was just so much that happened.
1: Yeah. And I, also, but I'm also glad that we didn't harp on it either. Like, good. David, like, Nick's dad is dead. Good. Bye. And then Brie was more in shock when, uh, Nick killed the, the regent, not Max, Zhao? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because she's like that wasn't in defense, and Sal's like it was not. She goes, he goes, that was that was revenge. That was a revenge kill, and I they think that felt more unreal to Bree because she has only been in self defense mode, in survival mode, in all of these situations. I I don't know. I I don't blame. And and someone even says he's like it was bloodlust. Like, it it is what it is. And it was just, I think it was an interesting perspective for Brie because she's always been taught to be on the defense. And it also kind of solidified some of the questions she was having regarding offense.
0: Yes. Like, I get that. Like, kill or be killed, you know? And also the betrayal right after, too, of being like, you're supposed to come with us, Nick. Like, come with us. Like, we can do all of this together. And Nick is just like, peace. I got my own shit to deal with. I can't deal with it. And y'all, like... No, no, Uh, I I liked that. It's it was unexpected. Again, uh, something else that surprised me. I was expecting Nick to come right over and then to have them all deal with it together. And but no, Nick is like out of there. And you know what? Fine. I read that part twice because I was like, wait,
1: who left? Was it Sam or was it Nick? Like did Nick just? Because it's another one of those. Wait, did he just leave? Did he really just leave? Just like when you when the authors do the thing and they kill somebody, you're like. Wait, go back. I need to reread this. Is that what
0: happened? <laughs> Did they really do the thing? Yeah, and that 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 feeling is echoed a little bit later because after Sel and Brie, you know, make their construct and they use the root and they burn Erebus, um, you know, and Valak feels that power. There's a major attack, and Brie is clawed to ribbons. (gasps) And then it is only after she begs Arthur to save her that Arthur, like, wraps his breastplate around her. But um, that whole scene, like, Valet comes and finds them, and he's like, you know, what is going on? I felt you. You knocked out people in my bar, like, miles and miles away. And, um... Cell is like, you have to go get William. You have to go get him right now. And Cell keeps her alive for three hours. Um, he what? What did William say? Basically, like making little constructs that were like life support for her. Oh my god. Yeah, and
1: including like like veins. It was very very specific. And then because he he couldn't do anything, she had the armor on, and he goes, "You need to take it off. You need to take it. You have to breathe." And then she was just like, "How bad is it? How bad?" He didn't what she tried to see. He wouldn't let her see. She didn't even know how bad he was injured. He must have mesmered himself or something. Did the glamour thing again. That was the part where Valak finds out who Bree is mm-hmm. because he goes like, "Okay, I get it. I'll get." But what is he going to do? He Bree's just a page of Scion of, of Scion Arthur, and he's like, mm, "No, he's that's he's." That's not the king's page. She's the king. She's my
0: king. Get her. Get get William. And William, poor, I really feel for William because William goes through when Brie wakes up three days later and, you know, Cell is still out too, but when Brie wakes up three days later, William kind of catalogs her injuries and goes through everything and like, and, and Brie kind of realizes that she was very Very lucky in that she was supposed to be dead, um, just the way that she had been, like, shredded um but then we have another fantastic fantastic little conversation with Cell. and and i swear to god what Cell means to say is like no merlin loves you the way that i love you that's what he was saying but he's like no merlin like cares for you i don't remember the exact words in my head it's just like no merlin loves you the way that i love you i'm just like god damn it Cell. oh yeah well that's why when he
1: says love about carriage and like, all the Ugh. little meanings. And she was like, Well, which one did you mean it? And he's like, All of them, done. All of them. Done, done, all of them. Done, done,
0: done, oh done. my God, <laughs> sir, sir. <laughs> uh okay, so there, there's a there's a lot, there's a lot going on here when Brie wakes up, but the most important part is that Valak's gonna leave. And Valak's like, you know, hey, I can assess like bargains and stuff so I could take a look like inside of you and like see what's what. We're all kind of just interested. Just, you know, saying. And so he does. He, like, touches Bree and, like, you know, rifles around a little bit, kind of sees what's going on, and reveals for the first time her blood mark. For the very first time. Very fantastic. Need to see some fan art of this. Uh, Is beautiful in my head. I wish, I I mean, I just wish there was some more fan art of the series in general, yeah. Okay, so... Um, Valak reveals the blood mark, and this is what we kind of figured out with the blood mark, right? So, Vera, when she made the bargain, um, she bargained, like, all of her ancestors,
1: right? Yeah, because Valak was like, I knew that there was a bargain. What is the bargain? And when they say, like, to the extent of, like, every firstborn, every daughter, till the end of time, basically. And they all die young. And that's when Valak's like...
0: That'll do it. That'll yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. And so the mark is is marking uh, Bree as part of a bargain, and that demon is waiting to fulfill the, fulfill the bargain. And that demon has to be like really agent because it's an old mark. Um, and it's revealed then at the end of this that she was bloodmarked by the hunter. Of course, the hunter is the great devourer. The great devourer is Erebus. Erebus is the shadow king. They're all the same person. Um, but it was really really great that reveal um and it's from there that we end up in volition uh, our will be done really really wonderful and this is where we get Bree being like she could be like a dna memory kind of uh kind of person um too which i thought was interesting um this sequence of bree calling all of her ancestors in the circle right and having them all say, like, no, 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 or the hunter, or like, no. But then when she fucking loses it on Vera and, like, breaking generational curses, you scream at your ancestors, you let them, you, no, it's like, you have this perspective. It's like, you you saved us, you trapped us. You know, you, you kept everybody safe, you cursed us. I loved this interaction between Vera and Brie, like, if I could scream at my ancestors, oh my God, what would I say? I love this.
1: I have this um, underlined and highlighted. I First, it's all like they're not telling her. She's like, how do I use this power? Like, And I thought it was going to be like this whole, like, the power's in you. It's all about like how you have to discover yourself. But then I love that she... What was the other book that we had recently... Um, I can't even remember. Maybe not recently, but maybe like back in 2021, where... She didn't like the female MC. She didn't even have time to yell at her mom who was in the hospital. She was like, I have all this shit and all this rage. She had every right to be mad at Vera. Like, what's the line? You didn't just she was like, I say Vera says I saved our bloodline. She goes, you cursed it. And you have to think, not only is Brie, she's 16. She's still not only are all her hormones running high at the same time. Her emotions are absolutely valid, whatever the case might be, because even though at the end of the book, we find out that Erebus has been like protecting her in some sort of capacity that doesn't negate all the shit that her um, and her ancestors have gotten have gone through up until this point. She's like, it's it's like those those TikToks that you see, you're like, I didn't ask to be here. I didn't put myself here. You did this to us.
0: Yes. And what Brie does to everybody is in her rage, her her root, like, burns through, um, like, comes out of her eyes and then comes out of her mouth. And she's so angry. She's like, Vera, get back here. Don't you turn your back on me. I'm still talking to you. And she's so angry. It, like, shoots up and, like, goes through the barrier in volition. And she's so, like, upset and, like, shameful about that that she um, wants to go to Nick because Nick feels safe to her and sell, uh, like, g- Wants her to do that uh, a couple times, which I want. I want to call this now. I think they're going to be a thruple. I think. Yeah. I think it's a thruple situation. Uh, I think that's fine. I like that just fine. Um, but I want it. I want. It's like I. I.
1: This book, as much as it's like pot plot, plot, I don't want it. Like I don't think it's a romance. I think this is a very good, just like book i I want them, you can see it. They all love each other. How many moments, especially towards the tail end, probably like the last 25% where they were all checking in with each other. And, and especially because you think of Nick and Cell's bond, the Nick's bond with, uh, with Brie and Brie's bond with like everything would just be so lovely and nice little ribbon and everybody just loves everybody. I just thought it so bad. <laughs>
0: I, I really, I, I really do think it'll be, it'll be a throuple. Um, so they, so Bree goes to Nick for safety and they pull Cell into this vision. But there is a little bit of plot here. We get more Gain, uh, which I love because I like her. I just like her as a character just in general in the lore. Um, and we get like the Shadow King could not survive without the crown. And there's a Shadow Court. And then we also get that Nick wants to stop the cycle. He, He's done with it. Um, and he, and what I really like in, in this scene, um, is that Nick and Cell and Brie are all talking and Nick is like, "Brie, they're never going to let us be together. We have to break the cycle. It has to be done in another way than killing you. And Cell is like, oh, you mean they're not going to let you fuck? <laughs> and I was just I- like... <laughs> And he's like, you don't have to be so crass about it. Yeah, it's just like, there's not, there's not what I'm talking about. There's what it (laughs) means. That's exactly what you're talking about. It's exactly what you're talking about. It's exactly what you're. This is exactly what you're talking about. And I like that. Sal is just like, get fucking real, dude. Like, you know exactly what this is. I, I I did really appreciate that. But in the same vein, I hated that they were talking about Brie and Welsh right in front of her. Rude. Rude. rude and she called rude. him out on it too she's like that's
1: not fair you know i know old welsh because of arthur she's like but i don't know modern welsh and she's trying to pick up on the stuff that they that they did say and piecing it together she's like this isn't fair i'm literally right and something happened oh and that's kind of reflective of what happens earlier with the the regent who does the mesmer taciturn tacit tacitus. him tacitus he she would say he's talking Like, I'm right here, and he's talking about me instead of talking to me. And that's what they're doing here, too, which isn't so great.
0: No, it's really annoying. Uh, Something that isn't annoying is the practice montage at Volition that we get right after this. It is, like, a pretty hardcore uh, practice um, (laughs) montage. I did appreciate it. And right after it, we get Bree's birthday. It's in November. Uh, And we also get Alice set up her birthday. And we get the line that um, Bree says, Alice, I don't know what I would do without you. Foreshadowing. Oh, uh, cell takes takes her to the waterfall. Takes her to the uh, um, the fireflies. But it's more about this conversation that they have. Like it's the conversation we said earlier. Like cell isn't in love with Nick anymore. Uh, you know they were toxic. But Bree is like, do you? Would you want to like have that with him again? Do you want to love him again like that? And this is why I'm calling it a throuple. He says like I wouldn't even wish for that. So it's like, oh, you're not? Okay. Oh, oh, that's a weird way to answer that. So,
1: okay. My, the, he says, I wouldn't wish for that because I like wishes just set up for disappointment. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the specific, like, it's not just like, oh, I don't want to put a wish out there. No, he's like, I don't even want to touch it because then you're just setting yourself up for failure.
0: So, so, so it's not a no is what I'm hearing. So throuple <laughs> is throuple. Because she said, she's like, what if
1: it was in a healthy capacity? Yeah. She was specific about it too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So now, though, is where we get the Kaliat, you know, kind of question, you know, repeat the question, Brie. I want to know that you're like serious about it. Repeat the question. What does Kaliat mean? You know, it's an endearment. Oh, my God. I mean, between this and the
1: infernal devices, like I'm pretty sure my soulmate is probably somewhere
0: in Scotland. Gosh, it is just really something. Uh so they they have this like very passionate moment. We've talked about it kind of on and off this whole episode, but uh, what he says here is that um, I'm part incubus. Like, of course, I'm enjoying this. The start and stop, the start and stop with the you. banter. Yeah, the, yeah. Just like ah. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Oh my God. And then of course, um, you know, I meant to kiss you, Sal. I meant to kiss you, Sal. I just love that so much because right after this, we get 10 mage guard attacking Volition. You and I
1: were talking about this before we started recording was in this moment, as much as we're like, Oh my God, like we can, we're going to be giddy. This is just, we're giddy about this, but about Selwyn in general. Um, But they both forced the other to communicate. And that was really important to both of us because He's calling her out on to communicate as is she in the same vein on the same topic. Cause he's like, why are you bringing up this now? We went through this months ago. Now you want to bring it up. Why do you want to bring it up now? Is it because Nick left? Is it because like I'm second best? Like what is it to you? And she's, and she, and then you find out she's like, Oh, I asked William what it meant a couple days ago. Girl. I would have been on Google Translate the second I got back to my dorm room. Yeah, like immediate. As soon as he turned his back, would be like, (laughs) right? Well, yeah, or on their phone, anything. Like if I was just trying to be like so nonchalant about it, and then like scurry on back. I would have. I don't care how many ways I would have had to spell
0: that wrong. Oh my god. Oh my god. That man. That man. Uh, so here. Okay. So we're back to the mages attacking the barrier at Volition. And we find out that Miranda ratted out where Brie um, and Valak were. Erebus is there. Uh, Patricia is a hostage. And this is the moment. This is the moment right here where Brie lets Arthur in. And this is where <sighs> Arthur takes over, traps Brie in his mind. And it's like Arthur from here until like almost the very end. Um Don't trust the white man. And this was, this is the, this is the thing that bothered me in the first book when it was like, why does she have to have this like white man's, you know, but like, it's all set you know, why did I question it's all settled by the end of this, but still, 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 um, this was infuriating. Well,
1: and she trusts, you know, aside from the trust, her trust was once again, somebody fucked her over. And I felt like that was just a running pattern. Like, she kept wanting to give people the benefit of the doubt. And look what happened every time that she did. I do appreciate that she tried to get back into volition before, because Erebus was like, come on out, Bree. If you come out, we're going to honor our end of the bargain. And she, you know, she gets everybody safe in volition. And then she goes to go back. And Erebus is like, where are you going? She goes, I I didn't say I was going to go with you. I yeah. said I would come out. I did that. I did my bar. I did my part. But of course, Arthur comes out, takes over her body, and everybody immediately was like, you're, wait, you're not Bree. You're not Brie. And even later on, I think it's really funny that Arthur kind of got fucked over too by everybody around him. He's like, wait, what's going on? This isn't what I signed up for. And it's like, huh, funny
0: how that works, huh? Yeah, shocking, shocking. Uh we should mention that Alice is hurt here. Oh, yeah, this is yeah. Yeah, of course. This is this is the time Arthur is fighting, he's fighting all of the mages, you know everybody's everybody's fighting, everybody's fighting. Uh Alice comes out with the little box, the ultra uh ultrasonic box that makes all the merlins incapacitated for 10 seconds that takes out cell she's trying to drag in cell and then she goes to take brie and brie with arthur's strength like throws her off and um she is out for the rest of the book and we end with her not knowing how she's going to wake up uh very important to mention uh yo king arthur gets his own chapter here how do we feel about that it threw me off yeah
1: only because, and we talked about this too, um, we both read this in an audiobook, and I also had the physical copy. And it threw me off because the entire book is in first person. So once you get to, you know, there's multiple parts in the book, and the part that uh, Arthur is, it's called Only a King. So the different chapters go back and forth into Arthur's, you're in Arthur's head and you're in Bree's head. But you don't know who whose head you're in until, like, you're a couple paragraphs into the chapter, understanding the context, but there, because there were a few times that I had to go back and be like, wait, who, which eye are we referring to?
0: Yes. And at the end of Arthur's chapter right here, there is a spear thrown at him. And he's like, oh, hello, old friend. I thought I killed you. That's Erebus being like, hey, 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 that was Erebus. Uh, but he's not named there.
1: And that's also significant to, like, of course, it makes sense now that we're talking it out, and I haven't had the second reread yet, um, where Erebus is in the early on when we're introduced to him. And he goes, oh, so it's true about Brie having both Root Magic and uh, White Dude Magic. I can't remember, like, the formal name. That's how I just remember it was referenced in this book, Um, where he's like, this is really interesting and and your crown your your crown scion i always want we always had like similar strength i wonder if you can give me a run for my money kind of thing and that's when Bree's like is that a threat are you threatening me rightfully so she should have she should be on the defense uh with him the entire time and then of course here we are kind of like a full circle thing we're flashing forward and finding out more now
0: And Erebus uh, and Arthur start fighting, and Erebus is on the um, defense, and he's not attacking. And Arthur's like, hey, 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 why why aren't you attacking me? And that's when the um, blood mark is revealed. And the Shadow King is like, yeah, this girl is an investment. Uh, You know, she inherited the markets, this whole thing. And Arthur's just like, well, damn, I was not expecting this. That's wild. Hmm. Very, very Interesting. So, so after kind of, after everything kind of shakes out, Arthur is, uh, confronted by the regents and Kestra, and Victoria is outed as the traitor. Of course, we all knew Victoria was a traitor, a little racist. I, bitch. I mean,
1: was anybody, was anybody surprised? No. No, honestly. No.
0: The I worst.
1: was, you know, I tell you what I was surprised at, where when, uh, the, like, the legend board and the crew shows up, um, you know, at, like, with more gains and stuff. And then Tor is like, oh, you knew and didn't tell me?
0: Go, but she's like, what? Please? And everybody's like, yeah,
1: we didn't you're a tr- tr- fucking rat. Yeah, we didn't trust you. And she even said, my own girlfriend look at where you, really ma'am you are in no position no position to be
0: the I was just like the audacity of this bitch yeah for real the audacity yeah and the Morgans with their like crosshatch little magic and everything she's like treachery and everybody else is like <laughs> treachery yeah like <laughs> the fuck I was like is she for real uh, we should also mention that their regions broke ex- Excalibur because they figured like why not the stupid men uh, we're even, up to even
1: th- Arthur was like what What did you do he's like
0: boy what did you do and Aldrich is like oh you really are Arthur and Arthur's like I'm gonna fucking end you like oh my god uh, we're up to Brie Bree, and her um, her dreams Brie trapped in
1: Arthur's dreams Yeah, Brie's trapped in Arthur's dreams and she's like no wonder Arthur tricked me into getting out this is Fucking hell this is awful what's okay so i know she turns into a dragon but what's the cat like that's the part where i'm like what was it because oh because she was also with the original round she was actually like in the dreams she's kind of vibing kind of not with the original round table so she's just kind of following everyone around trying to get some insight she's also saying i can't i'm i have to kind of if I can't be with them, I have to kind of be a fly on the wall to kind of understand what's going on here. They find out that she's not
0: Arthur, right? She touches the shadow crown. So okay. there's the there's a whole thing with like um more, more gain, and it's like why is Morgaine in here as a dream? Why aren't these memories? Like, why is Morgaine different in these? these so, like, obviously, we're going to learn that in the next book. Uh, but the Shadow Crown is there, and Morgaine tells us that it's an ether weapon. And taken away, you know, the Shadow King separated from his crown is like Excalibur separated from Arthur. They don't work without each other. Uh, so that's why he became less powerful. Um, so Bree oh. is drawn to the Shadow Crown, and when she touches it, she becomes, like, tangible in those um, like dreams. Okay. And Morgaine and Arthur and Merlin start attacking her. And because her- she's no longer a yeah. ghost. Yeah. She's actually she's part of it. Yeah. yeah. So okay. then um, so then she realized that the Shadow King is the hunter. She like makes that connection. Um, and then she uh, realizes... She channels her dragon self. Right. And she realizes that the power though... Um, isn't anybody else's it's this moment that she realizes that the power is like hers and that the expectations of everybody like and the and her past is um not gonna like shape what she does with her power because nobody could help her in the past right because nobody's it, it's nobody's ha- she's she's ca- the one of her
1: kind, essentially. Yeah.
0: yeah, like Vera and all of them never use their power offensively. They can't help her. And Arthur has betrayed her, so he can't help her either. So the power is hers now. And that's when it's like um dragons never die. So this is like another in- instance of it. Um So she rises up because Merlin is attacking her and becomes the dragon. And she's like, you know, circling as the dragon in the dream. is very powerful, very powerful. But then Nick and Sel come for her and it's a whole very long, it's lots of pages, of them like coming like bringing her down and making her realize that it's real and because I thought that just, was very sweet. Oh, I love it. I thought it was so sweet because it was in the dream
1: because they're in the dream and she they're initially coming to her the way she used to see Nick, it would be Lancelot first and then the visual of OG Lancelot flip fades away and then it would be Nick. But because she was just in a mini battle with Lancelot and Merlin and the some of the ogs she you know selwyn is in merlin's form initially because that's his line and then you have uh nick and lancelot's form because that's his line
0: that's very good it's it's very dramatic it's very good uh and then the dreams start to crumble after they bring her like out and it's the three of them they're gonna be a thruple, and the dream starts to crumble and uh, they're like, how do we get out of here? We we have faith that you'll get us out of here, and that's when they're like, okay, the oaths brought us here. What's the opposite of an oath? And that's when Bree starts rejecting. She's like, I reject my title. Like, I will not rise to the defense. I reject all of these oaths, and that is where she's able to break out of. Arthur's control, and she's able to like regain herself. And when she does, she comes to in like the middle of a field, uh, surrounded by like all the lieges and her friends. And like the Morganes are there, but they leave. Um, they're dramatic stuff. Very, very fun. Uh, very, very fun. Um, we get we get like a lot of, a lot of stuff that goes on here. But what I really love the most is that um the all of this stuff in the ancestral plane, Brie coming into herself. She burns the streams. Right. She takes ownership of her power. She like Vera didn't give me this power. I gave myself the power. None of y'all use it the way that I can use it. I'm the only one. Um. I am going to. Uh. I. It's like they ran so that I could choose. Right. I choose me. But Vera says something here that that really kind of stuck with me because it's actually the same thought that I had. After Brie burns the streams in the ancestral plane, taking complete ownership of her power, right? Vera goes, you're just a child. Like, you don't know what you're doing. And that does kind of stick out to me because she is 16. And she is just like scorched earth behind her with her ancestors. And I understand breaking generational curses. Obviously, I'm a millennial, but it is just like, that's a huge thing to do at 16. And I am wondering what the repercussions of that will be because it does seem to be such a major thing that you can't just like, go on from that without any any sort of consequence.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think also it's the con it's the constant conversation. Um, not just this, but like in general, women are so emotional, blah, blah, blah. Which is what William was trying to stray away from her. If she's at and not that and again, not without not that she's not allowed to, she's completely valid in these emotions that she's feeling. But sometimes, and what William would tell her is he's like, you're you're outwardly thinking emotionally instead of thinking strategically and there's a bigger thing at play. Um and I feel like that's kind of where they're there it's mixing here. And maybe that's maybe that's just me um projecting because some as emotional as I want to be sometimes I'm always like revenge is a dish best serve cold. Let let me think long game here. What is the bigger picture? Um but you know she's a she's valid in these emotions. It's just like what like you said, what are the repercussions going to be Because she honed into that ancestral plane so much, whether if it was just wanting to visit her mom or her grandparent or her grandma, um, or just talking and understanding her her earth root a little bit more, which is what is so beautiful about Volition is that there's so many um, ancestors, not just hers, that she could kind of just converse with in a way. Um, I want to see more of that.
0: Also, something about Volition, too, that is really beautiful is that everyone is impressed with the barrier because it's, um you know, all the dead is, like, kind of maintaining it. And it's just, like, so powerful that nobody can really get into it. And even the Ted mages were able to break it. And I just... Think that is just so beautiful,
1: and they kept saying, "Like you don't want, like." Well, I think it was Mariah. Mariah was like, mm, "That's I your really warning." Want to do it. Yeah, you don't. Want you to do really don't want to do it. And it was like the reclaiming and like reclaiming of this land that was so many people were tortured on. It was beautiful, and it was representative of many other areas as well. Just so perfect, the whole, all of it, all of it, all of it, all
0: of it. All right, we are at the end with the reveal, so. Brie remakes Excalibur and she puts a purple gem in it. And of course, purple is my favorite color. So I love that. But we have the reveal of Erebus being the Shadow King here. And Brie tells him how she figured it out. And I just, I I like it. I like it. Um, Erebus gets his ultimate revenge on Arthur and the council by becoming a council member and knowing when the scion is revealed so he can come in and the bargain, all of it. Um, It was good. It was, it was good. Um so what what is it? Uh there was Vera's bargain was unregulated, so he joined it and um he can feel and locate the line of Vera. Uh he and he I have is, the, you want me to read it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, read, it, it.
1: read it all out. Okay, so it's on I have a physical copy, page five forty eight. Um he's you know, Erebus is like, Okay, go on, tell me how you found out. And Bree goes, My bloodmark responded to your crown in Arthur's dream realm. It made me realize what a defeated shadow king who survived Arthur's attack might want most of all, revenge. I spread my hands wide. What better position to seek revenge than that of a council member who are the first to know when Arthur's scion is awakened and Erebus claps, he goes, bravo. And she continues, figuring that part out was easy. I know what Vera pleaded for the night she bargained with our ancestors, but your bargain with Vera was unregulated. How did you find her? What did you exchange exactly? And this is where Erebus said, I knew an opportunity might present itself with a scion of Arthur one day and what and waited for one to arise. I had no idea it would arise with Vera's spell. I was simply at the right place at the right time. She pleaded for protection of her bloodlines and I joined that bargain. When one of your line is in mortal danger, I can feel it and can locate you. And that's when we get more of the reveal from Bree saying, so you're not trying to kill us. You're trying to protect us and that's why you were the one who tried to protect me from the other regions
0: excellent 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 thank you so much you read that so well um and then what is uh what is our bargain here what is our bargain here our bargain here is Erebus or Bree will go with Erebus because when Bree dies Erebus is gonna suck out all of her ether that that's his that's his like end goal here uh for that so he gets the power to get all of that all of that.
1: But she says, but she's like, you know what? This is what I want. You're all, you're, you're a bargain demon. You're all for bargains. What do you want? And he, and he's like, she goes, I want to be trained. I need. I don't know. I have all this power. I don't know how to use it. Nobody has told me how to, taught me, and can give me any information because she is essentially, essentially, one of her kinds. Um, why don't you train me? And he goes, mm, I'm not sure about this. I mean. I'm go you would have a young life. I'm going to want to unalive you so I can get you at your peak ether level. And she goes, okay. Like but at that point she's also probably resigned that she already knew she was gonna have a short life. Mm-hmm. So she might as well get the most out of what she can. There's
0: more there though. There there has to be. There will
1: be, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And she says the great line, only a king can teach a king which Mm -hmm. she said with Arthur too, but then like this is the shadow case. It's it's very good. It's all very good. And of course she goes off with Erebus and Sel and Nick see her go. And that's how the book ends. Uh, It's good. It's a very good book. It is a very long book that none of it can really be cut. Very enjoyable. Would recommend. Uh, Jess, did you like this book?
1: It was so good. It was so good. What a great set. You know, second books can be either hit or miss or you're kind of somewhere in between and you're not sure the direction that they're going to go. I don't know if we know the direction that's going to go, but we have some sort of inkling. I just hope that there is one. Like that we don't have as again, like as of the day that we're recording, we haven't heard of a third one confirmed yet. I went on her website. I went on her Instagram. I checked Goodreads for, like, you know, when we get a little delusional and we're like, are there any more just, like, placeholders? You got nada. So we'll see what happens from here. What was your favorite part? Did you Mm -hmm. have...
0: Yes, I did have a favorite I part. I figured you did, but I was yeah. like, which one is it? It's it's Bree screaming at Vera. It is breaking Stop. the generational curses. You too? Me too, yes. Yeah. And
1: I was like, because I've tried to train myself
0: um, whenever we have our conversations. And I
1: was like, you know what, Laura's probably going to ask me what my favorite part is. And I was like, hey, that's the one that sticks out most. Because she was great with everybody else. Because she knew and understood everything that they went through was not of their own choice, was not like they were just, it was just circumstances. And
0: I, and I respected
1: that she acknowledged that too.
0: Yeah. If you're going to be angry, be angry at the source, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it was good. Yeah. That is my absolutely favorite part of the whole book. Uh, and of course the romance and stuff with Sal and I really hope that they are a throuple.
1: We can only hope, but here's to waiting till book three, right? Yep. <laughs> So thanks for joining us for this discussion. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Acafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Acafe Laura and Acafe Jessica. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye.